It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. All right, everybody, we welcome you to a new episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. We are back again as we continue on our crossover divisional by division series, NFC East, AFC North, because that's the divisional matchup that you'll see in the regular season. So we're starting off with that last two episodes. We've done the Cleveland Browns. We've done the Cincinnati Bengals, and on today's episode, we're going locked on Steelers with Chris Carter, who does a terrific job covering the black and gold, the Pittsburgh Steelers, everything that you'd ideally like to try and be if you're an organization on a long-term continued uh, basis the stability. Yes, they haven't done everything perfect, but trust me. Uh, you'd much rather be the Steelers than being up and down, you know, and like a seesaw uh, all the time. So we'll talk to Chris in just a sec. We're going to talk about the Redskins first, then the Steelers, and then the matchups and some familiar faces right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. First, today's episode of Locked on Redskins is brought to you by Built Bar. Guys, they sent us a package of 10, a variety pack of 10. I got mine on Thursday night. They were all gone by Sunday afternoon. They're that good. That's why I'm feeling good as we start a new week. And you can too. Just by going to BuiltBar.com. And if you get the promo code locked on, you get $10 off your first box. That's BuiltBar.com. $10 off your first box with the promo code locked on. All right, we are rocking with you on a Wednesday. I'm Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast here with Chris Russell of the Locked On Redskins podcast, continuing our NFC East, AFC North crossover week. Chris, how you doing today, my man? 
Hey, Chris, thanks for having me, man. I like your uh, first name a whole lot. And, uh, you know, I mean, it kind of kind of matches with somebody else I know. So we'll get through this together. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this. Looking forward uh, to this chat. Redskins and Steelers don't get together very often, but plenty of common bonds. Uh, no doubt about it. And yeah, there's a, there's a lot of interesting bonds there. Let's talk. I wanted to talk to, to you first. So I'm going to ask you some questions here. Let's lead off with the big change this season. How's Ron Rivero been working? You know, what's the vibe in the city right now or with the team with how how he's implementing everything going on? Because, you know, you had Jay Gruden for so long and, uh, you know, in Washington's just kind of been just mulling over and, and not being able to take their best shot at things. You got Dwayne Haskins. How do you feel about how he's moving forward, especially bringing in a guy like Kyle Allen uh, right from his old team? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack here, but I, I'll just say this, Chris, you know, the the continuity, the structure, the culture that the Pittsburgh Steelers, for the most part, have always had has never been here in Washington for the last 25 plus years, uh, 21 under owner Dan Snyder, the last 10 uh, seasons under Bruce Allen, who was largely incompetent. Uh, as the top-level executive running the day-to-day operation. So Ron Rivera's first charge, quite honestly, has been to set a, a, a way of doing things that is sustainable and building that culture with a little bit of a military background, a little bit of a defensive, steel-minded, or you know, tough, kind of gritty, um, no nonsense, but doing it in a nice sort of way, kind of like how Mike Tomlin does it. Uh, obviously, there are differences, but that has been his biggest charge. And I think when you do that, Chris, you don't get like a lot of that passion from the fan base. Now, fans are hopeful. Fans are interested a little bit. But I would say they are far, far, far from excited because there's so many doubts, so many reservations. They've been down this road so many times, and they're just going to have to see it before they believe it. What's the vibe or what's the feeling that people are having right now with Dwayne Haskins? Because, you know, you didn't have, you didn't have a great start, uh, but, you know, he I think he was two and five last year as a starter. Um and you look at the you look at how he came in, and then there there was the clip that was all over the national shows of at the end of the game he was like celebrating with fans and yeah. he, he take yeah. a knee. What, what's going on there? Well, um, you know, much like the Redskins sorted past, you know, that's a little bit of what you have a microcosm of what you have with Dwayne Haskins through a year now of being with the Washington Redskins. So uh, long story and short, big picture into a small one. Uh, you know, the former administration, the former head coach, the former offensive coordinator, they didn't want him. And they're gone. So, okay, you say, well, the new staff, they're going to hire somebody that does want him. Well, the problem is, is, they hired someone who is revered around the NFL for doing all the things that I just explained that Ron Rivera was charged to, to, to do here, which was to build a culture of sustainability and accountability and all that, but to not also be told what he had to do with the roster by Dan Snyder or anybody else. So Ron Rivera has his own idea, and I think he likes Dwayne. I think he likes the potential and the talent I just don't think he loves Dwayne and the 
high end uh, and the ability to get to a high end spot, you know, which a Ben Roethlisberger, uh, you know, clearly with flaws has been able to get to for the Pittsburgh Steelers over his career and others. Um, So I would say this, you know, there are work ethic issues about Dwayne Haskins. There are maturity issues about Dwayne Haskins and Ron Rivera knows about him because the guy that's his right hand man, essentially his, General manager is Kyle Smith. He's the vice president of player personnel. Um, NFL fans, Steelers fans might remember the name AJ Smith, the longtime Charger general manager and mm-hmm. Bill's executive. Well, AJ Smith is Kyle Smith's dad. So he's an apple off the old, you know, tree and whatever. And he's tough and steely minded as well. And he was part of that group that did not want to draft Dwayne Haskins last year. So when you combine all of that and not being able to work together day in, day out in person this offseason as Ron takes over and Kyle has more power, I think that leaves a lot of questions as to not only Kyle Allen, who you mentioned, but Ron himself on NFL Network last week said the door is not closed on bringing in Cam Newton, which, you know, I mean, listen, (laughs) if that happens, it is going to be one big old circus tent around here. Oh my gosh, the fireworks are unimaginable. Uh, yeah, there's 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 all sorts of talk from the national media about Cam Newton coming to Pittsburgh, which is not going to happen. Right. Uh, but but at the same time, that see that and that's the thing. I thought that was quickly going to happen as soon as Ron Rivera was over there. I was like, well, there goes Cam Newton, and it just hasn't happened yet. Um, I'm very interested to see how that plays out. I mean, you saw Kyle Allen go over there. Right. Um, it, it would it would certainly be something if he had it. But let's talk about the other positions that that uh, Haskins or potentially Newton might be working with. Um, you got an interesting offensive line with Morgan Moses and Ryan Scherf, but what's going on with the running back position? Because you still got old man Adrian Peterson who, who you know, puts up a good fight. Um, but Darius Geis, just he can't get healthy. And then the drafting of, of, of Gibson who from Memphis who, you know, was, was slated as both a running back and a wide receiver, and a lot of people weren't knowing how to categorize him. How do, how do these guys – fill out the backfield or the weaponry for uh for the court you know to help out with the quarterback situation so it's interesting if we're just talking about running backs that's the deepest group on the offense for the Mm -hmm. washington redskins i mean unless you're talking about uh quarterback which you you mentioned haskins kyle allen and maybe maybe cam newton maybe uh alex smith as well you know the redskins have more depth than people realize and if you just look at the running back crew there's some good backs and some dynamic talent there you guys just hasn't been able to stay healthy he's played four games in two years i mean it's all you need to know right there when he's on the field he's been dynamic and special he just hadn't been on the field four games in two years. And they brought in J.D. McKissick, who they can line up as a split wide receiver outside. They can line him up as a running back. They can run all sorts of different looks and packages with him. You mentioned Antonio Gibson, their third round pick. They ran that card to the podium, number 66 overall, a Swiss Army knife. Some people compare him to Christian McCaffrey. Some people compare him uh, to a Marshall Falk type. Uh, before we get there, I, I want to see the kid play in the NFL. But here's what I know. His college tape tells me he breaks a lot of tackles. He's fast as you know what. And he's 225 pounds, so he's not brittle. Um you know, and then you just go further on down the line, and you say, well, wait a second. Oh, yeah, they have Adrian Peterson. That guy's going to be in Canton one day. Well, he's going mm-hmm. into the final year of his deal. Some people think they're going to move on from him. I don't. I think that's the kind of guy 
uh, you want to build a, you know, and establish a culture with. Plus, again, I mentioned Darius Geis, and hey, they have, you know, Bryce Love, Chris, that he hadn't even pra- practiced once. The st- the former Stanford running back, who they had a second round grade on, and they got him in the fourth round because he tore up his ACL a year wow. and a half ago. He hasn't even practiced once with them, and now that this strange offseason, but we're not sure if he's even going to be ready when training camp opens. So the Redskins have more depth than people realize, and more talent. The big thing for them, they have not been able to stay healthy at all and get this talent together. And then just real quickly on the offensive line, you mentioned Morgan Moses, Brandon Sheriff. Yeah, that's the, I guess, the rock part of the offensive line. They traded Trent Williams, as many people know, uh, last Mm -hmm. week to San Francisco. Left tackle and left guard is certainly going to be a question mark. And they drafted Sadiq Charles to maybe help out with that. Um, So so definitely a lot of questions there. We'll get more back into the matchups. Uh, with our matchup segment at, towards the end of the podcast. But first, let's cut to a quick break here. We'll come back and we'll have you ask me some questions on the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, guys, once again, it is Chris Russell here, locked on Redskins for Built Bar. We told you about them in our open. Glad to have them apart with us. Real chocolate, amazing flavors. And when we say amazing flavors, we mean amazing flavors. I I had so many different types and varieties. I told you I had the whole box in about three days. It was crazy. Chocolate peanut butter was my favorite. But then again, I love anything with chocolate and peanut butter. So I knew this was going to be awesome, and I was not disappointed in any way. The best part about a Built Bar, low calorie, high protein, low sugar, no crazy additives. If you compare it, to the most popular men's bars out there. It's half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, guys. And that's important, as you know. It's not necessarily fat. It's not necessarily calories. It's carbohydrates and sugar. That makes me feel really good about telling you guys about Built Bar. It's awesome. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box. Again, that's www.BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. BuiltBar.com. Hey, guys. It's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes – It's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, we welcome you back. This is the Locked On Steelers and the Locked On Redskins crossover edition 
on the Locked On Podcast Network. We continue along. Now we turn the spotlight on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And once again, rejoining us is Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers. We talked about the Redskins last segment, Chris, and now let's turn the page and again talk about the football team you get to cover. And I guess we have to absolutely start with Ben Roethlisberger, who missed much of last uh, season. Uh, the last time I saw him, he looked like, you know, like the guy on the paper towel uh, display, uh, the, the brawny man or whatever, uh, you know, with the big with the big beard or whatever. What's going on with Big Ben? And is he, is he going to be ready for week one, considering that, you know, we don't have an offseason program that anybody can watch him? Well, honestly, it's it's really it's been a, it's been the, the topic in Pittsburgh. Um, one, Ben Roethlisberger basically said after he, he after he got injured that he wasn't going to cut his beard until he threw a football again, and uh, that's become the joke because now he looks like Santa Claus and so many other uh, big bearded characters you could name. Uh, but uh, but yeah, Ben Roethlisberger. One thing that I think that that, that I always like to clarify with people, he you know uh, he had an elbow injury, not a shoulder injury. Shoulder injuries are what are what often doom uh, quarterbacks in the, in their later age. But elbow injuries are very recoverable from. It's very much related to how pitchers get injured sometimes to get a surgery and you're back in action. And, you know, there's there's some talk that Ben Roethlisberger's arm may be even better than it was over the yeah. than we saw in the past couple years. Simply because there were times I was like, what's going on with Ben? You know, because there were times even then during 2018 when he led the NFL in passing yards. Uh, you know, I, I, there were times I was like, his deep ball is the same. Um and then, uh, and then you kind of saw at the start of last season that there was still something not there. And then he eventually had to pull himself out of the Seahawks game. And that's when he decided to get the surgery. And they were like, okay, we, this has to be a, a year-long thing. Uh, but Ben Roethlisberger, the team has full confidence that he is going to be back in, in at full strength. And I, I think they're even thinking that the, the fact that this will be the, the longest period of time he's had to, had to give his body a rest, uh, this, this could be really beneficial to Roethlisberger because – I mean, you think back to Ben's career, he came in the league taking shots every game. You know, and he, used, he was that guy, much like how Cam Newton was for, for the Panthers. He would get hit at all sorts, sorts of angles. He'd get no protection from the calls, and he would, he would just not care. He would just keep rocking. He had his nose broken in a game where in a game that he would come back in and throw the game winning touchdown pass for, um, you know, he's, he's always been that tough guy, but now you're 38. You, you can't, you can't always do that. So he's done a much better job of protecting himself, but now you have, you have that along with the year, the year's worth of rest that his body's going to be able to have. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he integrates back into the offense and the Steelers. They, they've been, Dave Evans kind of making it, making it clear. We're not going for a quarterback, despite what all the national media said. They, you know, people were saying, oh, the Steelers are going to sign uh, Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston or Cam Newton, and none of them happened. You're like, oh, they're going to draft a quarterback. None of them going to happen. Uh, you know, anybody that was in the Steelers locker room or had a beat, you know, a source on the Steelers or, you know, covered them locally knew that they weren't going to say it because as soon as the season ended, Tomlin, Colbert, and Rooney, the Steelers, the team, the Steelers head coach, GM and owner slash team president all said they are sticking with Ben and they're sticking with Mason Rudolph as their number two for now. Mm -hmm. um, so the quarterback situation, it's a Ben or bust situation here in Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say that's the wrong approach to go about it. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger obviously is going to the Hall of Fame. He's won a couple of Super Bowls, and even though, and I love the fact that you clarified, and you're right, an elbow in in pitching, uh, you know, might be a little bit different. 
than an elbow as a quarterback compared to the shoulder uh, and all that. So I love the way you explained that. Let me ask you about the rest of this offense, get a thought on it. Uh, the wide receiver group is fascinating to me. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster going into, I think, the final year of his deal, if memory serves me correct. Of course, thank goodness that the Steelers moved on from Antonio Brown, even though it cost them talent. But then I'm really fascinated by Chase Claypool. I wanted the Redskins to be able to get him. You guys snatched him up middle of the second round, if memory serves me correct. And then mm -hmm. also there's a little Redskins flavor in that room Ike Hilliard the former Redskin position coach at wide receiver comes across and I know Ike fairly well and he's going to do a really really good job I think with that group because he turned you know a couple of young rookies into very productive players uh, last year why don't you give me something a little bit about that wide receiver group and how optimistic you are well I mean it was such a tumultuous year because uh, you know, you had you lost Ben Roethlisberger to injury, but even before that, in training camp, they lost their receiver coach yeah. Daryl Drake. Uh, him dying. I mean, and he. What was so sad about that was he died at the facility. Like they yeah. they found him in the morning. Uh, so it, it wasn't like he went to the. Well, he he went to a hospital, and then he said, "I feel fine. I'm going to go back to camp," and and then he died there. So like, yeah. it. I mean, it was just it was the the saddest situation that I've ever seen at St. Vincent College where the Steelers always go to to training camp um, and it, it was just unbelievable so you start that year off like that and then you lose your quarterback I mean the the receivers it was just such a tumultuous season for them um, and then you had Juju Smith-Schuster get a really rough concussion with a busted knee um, uh, and, and it was all around a very tough year but still even I, you know, I've been talking about this a lot on, a lot on the Lockdown Steelers podcast there's talk about how, because there's there's local media people who don't feel that Juju Smith-Schuster is a number one wide receiver or can be a number one wide receiver, despite him being the the youngest receiver to ever total 2,000 yards in the NFL history. Um, I, I fully think that this isn't the last year he's with the Steelers. Uh, if he's not a Steeler for life, I think he's at least here for another year because because here's my reasoning. If you look at the people on the Steelers roster, he has the most experience with Ben Roethlisberger. And if Roethlisberger, as he says, is he plans to play for two more years, uh, you, then you got to have the guy that he's the most used to on mm -hmm. the roster. Um, unless unless Juju Smith-Schuster has a tank of a year and Deontay Johnson or James Washington step up and have huge years or Chase Claypool does and, and become pure number one wide receivers, I don't see there's any chance that they get rid of him for 2021 uh, and, and and Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, he's he's been a good contribute contributor to what the Steelers bring to the table. So many questions, uh, you know, Chris, on the rest of the offense. But I, I I would be remiss if I don't ask you about the defense, which is what the Steelers have, you know, mostly and usually been identified with and hung their hat on. And you know, they make the big trade for Minka Fitzpatrick. They let go of Sean Davis, who comes home to Washington and signs a one-year uh, deal. They make that trade again early on last year. Everybody's kind of confused as to why they made it. Uh, but then you have some guys up front, your Cameron Haywards and your TJ Watts and all that. Um, would you say that this defense is it is a, a good defense, a very good defense on paper? Would you say it's a mediocre defense? How would you, uh, I guess, best describe it more looking forward than more looking in the rearview mirror? Uh, I, I categorize it as a very good defense. Great defenses, to me, do it over periods of time. It, it's it's longevity that proves great defenses to me and, and more than just uh, uh, some spark years. But 
I mean, when you look at how they performed, one, they've led the NFL in sacks for three straight years. But this this past year, it wasn't just they relied on the pass rush because now they've got a pair of cornerbacks and and Steven Nelson and Joe Hayden that they are competent in. They believe in those guys. Uh, and and, the, and Hayden had a five interception season. Nelson was uh, was targeted so few, so few times because because he he was that good. Um, you know, and then and, and that's been such an upgrade considering the cornerback situation in Pittsburgh for the past several years. Uh, and Terrell Edmonds has been okay. You know, he could be better at strong safety, but Minka Fitzpatrick was just, I mean, you, know, you don't want to say a godsend, but I mean, that's basically what he was. Uh, when he came to the Steelers secondary in the first game that he plays with them against the Niners, they forced five turnovers, and and he started by 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 hitting by hitting uh by jumping on a pass that I think that Joe Hayden tipped off, and then he also forced a fumble in that game that was huge. Um, he, he just he brings this extra level to uh to the to the to the defense that hasn't been there since Troy Polamalu, and that's not just reading what offenses are doing. But making the tackles, making the interceptions, jumping over the plays. Uh, the, you know, the big play of the year was the pick six he had against the Colts, where he ran it back for a hundred yards. Um, and, and Joe Hayden, like a guy who's you know been a Pro Bowler, an All Proler. You know, he's a, he's a, he's been a star in the league for a, quite some time. Uh, I was talking to him after the game about how because it was his man that basically uh, that Fitzpatrick jumped on. And uh, Hayden said he dove for the ball, and he re- when he realized he didn't touch it, he just fell to the ground. He thought he gave up a touchdown, but he said he looked up, and he saw 39 just moving. And he said as soon mm-hmm. as he saw it with the ball, he just put his fist up because he knew that Minka was going to take him to the house. That's the kind of confidence that Minka Fitzpatrick's brought to the table. And I haven't even gotten the chance to talk about T.J. Watt, who had a defensive player of the year type of year, um, and Bud Dupree getting, getting double-digit sacks for the first time in his career. Uh, those two working in tandem and Cam Hayward being an all pro interior defensive lineman. I mean, you, you could say over the past two years, the only person better than him that's, you know, for sure has been Aaron Donald. He could be, he's right in the line with everyone else, uh, you know, like Fletcher Cox in, in that conversation uh, and Stefan to it. If he can stay healthy, he, he's a, he's a, he's a really, he, he was looking even better than Cam Hayward before he got hurt last year. So th- they've got weapons of plenty. And I, I didn't even get to bring up Devin Bush. But they've got weapons of plenty. <laughs> Um, on defense now, it's uh, it, it's a lot to ask for. Now, I will say they've got depth issues behind De- Devin Bush. You know, they've got only all they really got is this is Gilbert at that position, and behind behind Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds at safety, they're very thin as well. But uh, starters wise, that this defense is is ready to have a very good season. Uh, so many more questions. I will try and get to some more of them in the matchup segment that we have to finish up the show here. But that's that's a real good, scary look at the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Uh, no doubt about it. And I think you hit the descriptions uh, right on the head. All right, we'll come back and we'll wrap this up right here on the crossover Wednesday. Yeah, this is when we normally do it. The crossover Wednesday <laughs> edition of Locked on Steelers. Locked on Redskins, uh, we have Chris Carter and I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us right here on LOR and LLOS. Guys, girls, it's Chris Russell here, Locked on Redskins. Start the competition today with people most important in your mom's life. Mother's Day is her Super Bowl, and the big game is coming soon. So celebrate this Mother's Day by scoring her favorite gift of the day. Your mom will be able to travel in her mind to exotic India, sample the food, and laugh at the perils of raising a teenager in 1950s India through a new book of fiction called The Henna 
artist. By the way, it's Reese Witherspoon's book club pick for May. Then anytime in May, post a picture of your mom or you holding the ebook or the book on Instagram or Facebook. Tag the author at the Alka Joshi. At the Alka Joshi. A donation of four meals per post, up to 10,000 meals, will go to Feeding America. So guys and gals, buy the henna artist today at your favorite bookseller, including Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Walmart, Costco, and Target. Make mom the ultimate winner in your family. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we are back. I'm Chris Carter with Locked On Steelers here with Chris Russell of Locked On Redskins. And it's continuing and we're finishing up uh, the crossover episode between our our, our shows here. Uh, Chris, let's get into some interesting matchups that could happen between these two teams when they do meet up in this season. Now, the schedule is supposed to release be, re- be released tomorrow and Thursday. So uh, that'll be interesting. We'll finally know when these two teams will play along with the rest of the league. But I- I'm interested to hear your take in how these receivers are going to play out this year because the Steelers secondary, this is arguably the best it's been since Mm -hmm. the 2008 years when they had Polamalu and Ryan Clark and Ike Taylor and Deshae Townsend. Um, But I like the situation that 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 Washington has with their wide receivers. If it, even if Gibson is, is, turns out to be more of a running back type, you still got, you you still got Terry McLaurin who I loved. Yep. Um, playing playing wide receiver, and my ultimate sleeper at wide receiver was Antonio Gandy Golden. I was hyping this guy up to Steelers fans for weeks. I was saying like, yo, man, if you can get this guy in the fourth round, it's such a steal. Um, and, and just I love the way he played at West Liberty. I mean, he was just going up and snagging one-handed catches mm-hmm. left and right. Um, what's your feel about how they've got a super young wide receiver room here, and how they'll be able to work uh, with with the quarterback situation? Because the Steelers' cor- cornerbacks, they're physical and and they like to get they like to get dirty. It is, I, and I think it's going to be a fascinating matchup. On paper, it should be the best matchup. But you know, I mean, you just mentioned a lot of the key participants, and I, I do think the Redskins are going to be able to make some plays, even as good as that Steeler secondary is. But he, here's the thing that I, I guess I would say that that dampens my excitement and enthusiasm. Uh, for this matchup, Chris is assuming that some of the guys that you mentioned in our last segment, your Cam Haywards, your TJ Watts, you know, assuming that the Steeler pass rush is what it normally is and is as good as it normally is, that's what I think is going to deny us the opportunity to see this really good matchup. We kind of be maybe not a 50-50, but kind of not be what it could be in terms of the talent and depth of both units, because I think Dwayne Haskins is going to struggle once again with pass rush. And when you struggle with pass rush, you have to you know play the dump off the check down game. You have to run the ball a little bit more. You have to do the quick passing game. And to me, that I think is going to deny us a little bit of fun on whatever day these two teams play. So I do think it'll be a good matchup. I do 
think it's a good young wide receiver group. The Redskins, interestingly enough, tried to spend a lot of money on Amari Cooper and then wound up signing Cody Latimer uh, from the Giants, who's bounced Mm -hmm. around, and then also drafting your guy, Antonio Gandy-Golden. And I told you in the last segment, I wanted the guy that you guys wound up with with Chase Claypool, (laughs) and you wanted the guy that we wound up with over here in uh, AGG, who can solve a Rubik's Cube in less than a minute. So it should be a fascinating matchup. Sure, certainly should be. Uh, another aspect to talk about here I think is also interesting because you guys got a couple former Steelers that you brought on for defense. One, John Bostic at linebacker, yeah. but also Sean Davis at safety who basically goes back home. He, he loves he loves Washington. He played he for them. And, uh, and in his uh, last year or two years ago, when, uh, when 21 opened up because Joe Hayden switched to 23, uh, he switched to 21 because he said he wanted to honor – uh, the the late great Sean Taylor. Uh, he, so he is very fond, uh, as you just yeah. alluded to, of Sean Taylor. No doubt, it means a lot to him to come home. Um, here's the thing that I don't know, and maybe you can help me out with this. You know, is like what I've seen on tape is he's a bad tackler. Now, yeah. I, I mean, I know he can play in space. I know he's got range, and I know he's going to be the best Redskins free safety in those areas, probably since Sean Taylor. But I don't know if, A, he's going to be able to recover from the injury that knocked him out of most of last year. And even when he was healthy or right or whatever, I did see him miss a lot of tackles. Am I missing anything here? So the biggest thing with Sean Davis, and I can tell you because I, I got I asked him a lot of questions while he was in Pittsburgh. I, I get, get in the locker room. I pick his brain. The guy is very smart at, at, at communicating and keeping the defense together. When he was the when he was a, a rookie and a second year player to, as a strong safety with Mike Mitchell being the signal caller in the secondary, the Steelers would give him a lot of big plays. When he switched into that role. That stopped, and that was because he was able to say, hey, we're locking this down. We're making sure this guy's in the right spot. Everyone's going to be in a much better communicating situation than than they are right now. Mm. Um, and John Davis really helped that with the Steelers. But the problem that he does have is, one, he isn't a great tackler, and, two, he's not this supreme guy that's going to let ball hawk for you in, in the back of the secondary. Now, if he, if a ball's thrown in his direction and he's there, right. he, he'll, he'll make a play on it. He's, he made a couple of big interceptions for the Steelers, a five in total in his career. Um, but – uh, it, he's more of a guy that he it's, it's about keeping everyone else balanced for you. Um, and he does have the size to do it. But also another thing to know about Sean Davis is that he in Pittsburgh was always being bounced around his rookie year. He played a lot of slot his second, his second year. He played a lot of strong safety. His third year, he played some free safety. And then his fourth year, he got hurt. So, I mean, he was, he, he kept being switched around. He never found a home. And every time you started to think that, Oh, maybe he will, there'd be a switch or they would do right. something else. And uh, and ultimately, when he got that injury and the Steelers traded for Minka Fitzpatrick, that was it. Um, and I just I you know I feel I feel bad for for the for the guy because I've seen him make very good uh, reads and plays and and see things that that are that are very just football one on one I just IQ wise I think he's got that there for you guys. And him and Landon Collins could be a very good one two punch at safety and over the middle, which could pose a interesting matchup with the Steelers because now. They've got Eric Ebron at tight end, yep. and with yep. with Ebron and McDonald, and you still got Claypool and Juju, and Ben Roethlisberger might be looking down the field, and you might be seeing a lot of these big guys at safety, tight end, and wide receiver lining up with each other. 
And, and there, you know, and and just like the the matchup that I feared, and and the problems that we may not be able to reap the true benefits, you know, the Redskins' pass rush is not going to be easy to deal with when you're talking about yeah. Chase Young, you're yeah. talking about Montez Sweat, you're talking about Ryan Kerrigan, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Matt Ionitis. I mean, the Redskins I, I, are, yeah, the Redskins are seven deep, uh, strong, not just deep, strong on the defensive line as they convert to a four, three. And in addition to Rivera, they added Jack Del Rio. Uh, now, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens whenever this matchup is and who's available uh, and who's healthy. I mean, obviously Pittsburgh will have a little bit of an advantage uh, in that it said at Heinz field, but it would be a big advantage here anyway, because there would be 50,000 Steeler fans. Well, but I also say it'll be an interesting. That makes an interesting matchup for the offensive line because Villanueva did not have his best year last year, yeah. um, and people are wondering about his status. And at right tackle, they're most likely going to move the guy who played right tackle, Matt Filer, last year to play left guard because he played. He did that against Aaron Donald and kind of held his ground last year. Mm. Um, and they and Ramon Foster retiring, so that means they're either going to get uh, Chakuma Okorafor, who's a who'll be a third year player. Uh, stepping into the right tackle spot, or Zach Banner, who's bounced around the league a little bit, um, but he really stepped up as their sixth offensive lineman last year. So that could be a, a major weapon for, for for Washington when these two teams play. Uh, if Chase, especially if Chase Young is getting getting his chances, um, picking at the Steelers' tackles might be a, a really strong advantage for for Washington if they if they get their pass rush going. No doubt about it. And you know, one last subplot that I'll just throw in here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like covering the Redskins as long as I have. Uh, and he's been gone a number of years in Pittsburgh. Uh, and I'm not sure what, what Pittsburgh fans think of, but I, I love Danny Smith, special teams coordinator for the Steelers. So it, it's, it, you know, like that's my guy. I, I love Danny. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying he's the best coach in the world or the perfect special teams. Yeah, but so it's always going to be interesting for me when these two organizations uh, meet up and I see Danny Smith with a big old wad of bubble gum in his mouth uh, and doing his thing on the sidelines. Nobody chews bubble gum like Danny Smith, man. And, and, and I gotta say, he is a heck of an addition to the team. He gets a lot of flack uh, from Steelers fans because they haven't had a return game outside of Antonio Brown. Um, but you look at Danny Smith, before he came to town, the Steelers were giving up so many long punt returns and kick returns and touchdowns on special teams. And that has become such a a, 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 a muted point. It, it's, not a, it's not a thing anymore for the Steelers. And it's because he tests the players at all times. Like when we're at St. Vincent training, at, at, at training camp at, at St. Vincent College, the players will be walking around the campus, you know, after practice, going to dinner, and, and I'll, we'll walk past them, and Coach Smith will just look at him and is like, hey, what do you do here? Boom, 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 boom. He, like, spits, like, like three <laughs> different things at him, and they got to answer him. Otherwise, you know, he's going to be making them run later. Um, it's uh, That's you know, my guy, Danny, for sure. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's the man. Chris, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm glad that we got to do this. I'm looking forward to getting to do this again during the season. Can you let everyone know where they can find more of your work? Yes, sir, Chris. Uh, absolutely a pleasure to be with you. Uh, so obviously the Lockdown Redskins podcast, which is you know available via download and all the traditional uh, spots, iTunes, Spotify, Megaphone, all that, wherever you download Locked on Steelers, you could also probably uh, do the same with Locked on Redskins as well. I write for SI.com uh, and do video features for them. It's called RedskinsReport.com under the SI umbrella. And then uh, on the radio in the Washington, D.C. area and really nationally, I guess, through radio 
radio.com, but on 106.7 The Fan in the Washington, D.C. area. I know we have a lot of Steelers fans uh, in the D.C. metropolitan area, so if you guys ever want to talk some Steelers football, we'll certainly be willing to do it. And Chris, you know, we'll have, hopefully, uh, if he's available, we'll have him on the radio, and we'll do another crossover edition of the podcast uh, when we get that regular season matchup. Absolutely. And you guys can find me on Twitter by following me at Carter Critiques. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Hit me with at hit with them. Always in a chat with chat with people. Don't be afraid to ask questions about anything with football or anything like that. Um, you can also join the Locked On Steelers Facebook group by searching Locked On Steelers. You can join it. We have over 550 lo- loyal Locked On listeners always chatting it up every day uh, in a very friendly Steelers group. Uh, Chris, thanks again for doing a great show tomorrow. We both got more crossover shows as we finish it up with our Thursday edition. Absolutely. Thanks, Chris. Mm-hmm. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.